rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. The song this morning is an ode to the classic 1993 film starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell, Groundhog Day. Yep, it is Groundhog Day today. It is Groundhog February Day. February 2nd. All day long, it'll be Groundhog Day. Hopefully, <laughs> when we wake up tomorrow, it will not be Groundhog Day. Right. We are recording too early to know if uh, Poxitani Phil saw his shadow or not. It's 2021. I'm guessing he probably did. What, whatever the bad thing is, yeah. that's what he's going to do. Yeah. He, well, actually, last year, well, we should have known something last year because he, he tested positive for COVID. As he came out of the hole. <laughs> exactly. He came out of the hole. Right. He had a fever. Right. Classic symptoms. Got yeah. his temperature taken. Yeah. 101. Right. Ran, stuck that thing all the way yep. to his brain. Well, he, well, yeah. When he woke up on Groundhog Day last year, he could, he he had no taste, no taste or smell. That's right. He could not smell, couldn't taste. We should have figured something <sighs> out right there. When Poxatoni Phil had COVID, that should have been a tell you right there. Just killed it. <laughs> just killed it. But what a great film. That was the year I graduated high school. Wow, 93. In 93. So I remember it well. I've watched it many, many times. Probably not as many days as Bill Murray. How many years? Decades? How that, many years was he there? Was he stuck there? Decades? Uh, I think you and I talked off air. We figured maybe 10 years, maybe. I, I don't think that's probably I mean, they never told guess. us. Yeah, so, I mean, that'd be, what, 3,600 days? That's a lot of times to... I do have one thing. I don't want to spend too long on this, but we figured that, you know, he learned how to play the piano. Correct. Uh, he learned, you know, basically all kind of trivia, everybody in the town. But, so, basically, he, is, he could remember everything he learned. Right. So, he didn't reset him Correct. every day. So, he could... However, do you think he could... Like, so, he could learn how to play the piano. Do you think that if you went back, could you learn how to just absolutely crush a baseball? Like, I mean, I'm talking about major league level. Right. Figure that out. I mean, something you could do? Because, I mean, you couldn't get faster. Cause, like, no, you're the, physi- he, physi- he physically couldn't change or didn't change. Right. Right. So, like, he couldn't get stronger. I mean, you couldn't work out every day and be Correct. 100 days later just be ripped. I mean, and you, you couldn't learn. But could you learn how to – he could learn how to hit a baseball. That's very similar to piano. Sure, of course. But could not, like, you know, get his 40 time down. Right. He could have gone and played, like, a, a round of golf and would have had 10 years of getting better at golf, just like go. he did with piano or, or, or whatever. Golf. I would have cho- that's what I would have chosen, golf. Not when it's snowing outside. That's true. It was <laughs> It was a would have been day. tough. You and I talked a little bit yesterday afternoon about things that we might do. I, I admitted to you there probably would be some crime involved <laughs> <laughs> in my stuff. Some heists. Yeah, I, the the uh, robbing the bank would probably have happened several times for me. But again, but my, my, I'm serious. My luck would be I'd rob a bank and then I'd come out of the uh, yeah. Groundhog Day and I'd be in jail for for life. Yeah, the first time you said, okay, well I'm stuck here, so now I'm going to try to kill myself. Right. You know, throw myself yeah. off the skydiving or whatever, yeah. and then you don't wake up. Yeah, uh, I would have guessed the correct way to kill myself <laughs> in ground. That's exactly what would have happened, I'll tell you. But it, something else over the weekend, Derek, since our last show last Friday, uh, something that definitely our generation paid attention to, Dustin Diamond played Screech on Say by the Bell, died. He died, I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? Yep. On Monday? Died on Monday. Uh, died on Monday, and just, just said, I think he was 44 years old, so probably made him one of the youngest members of sure. the cast, because a lot of those, you know, they played a little... A little younger, they were older. Yeah, I just I saw that, read that. Um, I think he was in Florida, passed away. You know, for everybody that grew up with that show, I mean, coming home from school, right in front of the TV, watching and catching the episodes, uh, on, especially the reruns. Just a, a great show growing up. Um, I know that a lot of the people your age, my age, uh, we were affected by that show. Sure. Uh, we All the trends, everything coming out of there. So just a, very sad to see that. I would have been more middle school for me and high school for you, yep. something like that. Yeah. Yep. So something I was asking my wife about, Lisa Turtle, Zach Morris, A.C. Slater, Jesse Spano, 
Kelly Kapowski. What was Screech's last name? Wow. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I, I couldn't tell. Screech. <laughs> Screech. Screech. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Was it? Um, Belding was the the principal. Yep. You knew his last name, yep. but you didn't know hers. Did, did, I mean, no, didn't know his. Did not know his. Well, that's that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, he played the perfect. He really and truly. I mean, he was the perfect. You know, high school nerd. I mean, if that's what can be that. Very irritating. <laughs> very, very. I mean, his name was Screech. I mean, come on. Huge, now. huge crush on Lisa. Absolutely. Uh, almost. Lisa. Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know. Yeah. She never really gave him the time of day. No, she did. She did t- uh, let him ask her to prom. That the one episode where okay. he couldn't find anybody, and finally she had like turned down two or three people and said, "Okay, you can ask me." And yeah. Asker, it was pretty yeah. touching. Very uh, and touching. then, you know, again, uh, like I said, you were maybe in high school. I was more middle school. Uh, Kelly Kapowski was uh, on a lot of a lot of <laughs> poster, a lot of walls. Yeah, Kelly. I mean, <laughs> Kelly Kapowski was good looking. I think I, it was when I was younger, Daisy Duke. I mean, sure, Daisy Duke. Yeah. And then uh, probably, you know, then you had the supermodels. Right. You had to throw Kathy Ireland and all that in there, right? But then, yeah, Kelly Kapowski. I mean, somebody that was about my age right. or played my age. My brother had a poster of uh, Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. Back in the day from Who's the Boss. Still, was, I still think I had Kelly Kapowski over Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano, but she was older. Alyssa was older. Yeah, she definitely was. Yeah. Well, man, if you're looking for a wall to hang a poster on, Team Couch is the one to call. Absolutely. Team Couch, our 2021 presenting sponsor. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 25,000 closings since 2009. 63 years of combined real estate experience in the residential real estate market here in the Mid-South. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available when you need them. They've been voted DeSoto's best realtor multiple times. Whether you are buying or selling, call Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. You can find them at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at the How to Barbecue Right Studios, located right here in Hernando. The How to Barbecue Right Shop has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have rubs, sauces, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, and also high-end smokers. If you've seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop or check him out on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. This weekend for the Super Bowl, be sure to stop by on Saturday. If you're planning on cooking wings or ribs, they also have plenty of dip mixes, pickles, and hot sauces. Again, stop by this Saturday for the Super Bowl special if you're cooking wings or ribs. Also, wise, if you're you're looking for a Valentine's Day gift for your husband, please come by Malcolm's shop. That's 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics, the How to Barbecue Right shop. 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or stop by again, 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. Derek, we're going to turn our attention, as we typically do, the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Tonight will be the first Hernando Alderman meeting of February. Uh, Derek, you and I scanned the agenda. It's a pretty pretty uh, easy agenda. This may be one of those uh, meetings that you just kind of uh, zoomed into. Pretty light agenda. The consent agenda basically is most of the agenda. Right. Uh, so really the only things I'm going to talk about, and you know, speaking of Groundhog Day, yeah. talking about the CARES money, 
Correct. Again. Again. We'll have I another discussion. I think it's our sixth meeting. Yes. Yeah, sixth meeting. <laughs> about, you know, it's the same day, uh, same same song, second verse. That's it. That's really the only thing. The main topic is, I mean, there's some, you know, small, basically office stuff that the city has to do, but the CARES discussion is the last thing on the agenda before the executive session. Pay attention to what says, you know, what, what they say during that, and we'll report that on Friday. Absolutely. And we've got a ton of stuff going on. Speaking of Hernando Alderman, we will begin our shows coming up next Wednesday where we discuss, or at least we have an opportunity to interview the uh, candidates for the Alderman position in Hernando that agree to come on with us. We're going to start with Ward 1. Currently, the two people that are running for Ward 1 are Natalie Lynch and Chris Tong. And so we're going to reach out to them, see if we can interview them before next Wednesday. Going to get the same basic questions, have an opportunity to talk about what they believe in, their different uh, things and sites they have for for Hernando. So that'll be coming up next week. And that'll be every Wednesday for the next nine weeks, right? Or is it eight weeks, Derek? Next eight weeks. Yeah, next eight weeks leading us right into the – So it's literally every Wednesday. So this Friday is the cutoff in order to try to run, to sign up to run, have the signatures required to, to get you in the race. And then every Wednesday between that and uh, April 6th, I mean, eight Wednesdays, and we'll have a um, interview or interviews each Wednesday. Yeah. So basic, it'll be our normal shows on Tuesdays and Friday mornings. Uh, hopefully will be released uh, typically before noon, which will cover the basic stuff that we've been covering and also may have some interviews, small interviews uh, sprinkled in there. But main interviews will be on Wednesday. It'll be full of uh, basically advertisements and interviews uh, on our Wednesday show. But not a whole lot going on for Hernando Alderman. But Derek, one thing that we have been joking around and talking about probably for the last uh, three, four months is the uh, chain link fence. The wonderful linear park uh, that was put in right there across from uh, Hernando High School in front of Gateway. Uh, well, running parallel to Mackinville all the way to Green Tea, connecting to Walmart, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a wonderful uh, project that they've done. Uh, we noticed a chain link fence, which we've talked about numerous times, is not allowed in Hernando. Uh, Derek, you couldn't put a chain link fence up. I couldn't put a chain link fence up, uh, but the city sure did. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that project sure did. And uh, they've decided to take it down. It's going to be replaced by rod iron. Derek, any more uh, information on that? The city did uh, submit it back, and we mentioned this before. The chain link was taken down. They put up the police tape. The police tape has now been there longer than the chain link was there. The city has submitted the cost back to the Fed, um, and, of course, the federal contract came through MDOT. And so they're kind of sitting on it right now. The In the original contract, what happened, for everybody that's asking or, or, or wondering, the original contract basically lumped everything into a category. So the category where the fence was, was fence, basically said fence slash retaining walls slash culverts. So everything was kind of included in that. Everything having to deal with the ditch was lumped into one category. So they said, okay, well the, the price for all that is X. Well, they didn't get the specifics on what the fencing was made of. Of course, the federal government threw in a chain link fence, and that's what we got. Well, of course, that's not up to city code. The city went back and told the government this is not per our city code. We should have had a wrought iron fence in there. They have submitted the amendment to the contract, I mean, the federal grant that it was from, through MDOT. Uh, MDOT is sitting on that right now. The cost is $48,200. Now, the, the city could have gone ahead and written a check, taken our taxpayer money, gone ahead and put the fence up. But, of course, if you can, you know, maybe only have to spend 10000 instead of 48200 which is roughly 10%, uh, excuse me, 20% uh, of the 482, then that's what they're trying to do. So they're trying to save us Hernando taxpayers money by going through all the, jumping off through the hoops, try to get it signed off on, get all the signatures required to be able to have the federal government replace it at $48,200 and the city pony up about, again, ten grand to cover their part. Compared to fifty. 
compared to 50. Yeah, so maybe a little bit deeper dive in the bidding prospect or bidding uh, situation may have been a, may have been a way for to avoid this, but it is what it is now. Hopefully it's going to be a very nice wrought iron fence. Now, real quick, there's a chain link fence right there uh, next to Car Wash USA, mm-hmm. uh, right there. Is that going to be left or? No, I think they're all supposed to come up. So the all whole, three sections the whole of the chain link fence. should be wrought iron, that's right. I joke with you all the time. Did you ever think you'd be for, mid-40s talking about no. chain link fences no. on a podcast? It's crazy enough that that's maybe been the most talked about topic when people stop me to talk about the UTW podcast is our chain link fence talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's an eyesore. Man, at this yeah, point, it's an yes, eyesore. Yes. I mean, if you took the police tape down, I guess it wouldn't be, but of course they have to leave, put something up to remind people, hey, don't fall in this hole. Yeah. At this point, I think we're all just ready for it to be done with, and I'm sure the city is too. Right. Well, and I told so you, I drove one by, by one day and thought it was an episode of Law & Order SVU. Ta-ta-ta. Exactly, with the crime tape. So again, not a whole lot going on with the Auburn meeting tonight, first Auburn meeting of February. So we'll have more stuff to talk about on Friday and kind of catch you up to that. Derek, we're going to turn our attention north. South Haven Alder meeting did have some different things going on. Mainly what we're going to talk about briefly this morning is uh, three projects that are going on uh, that you know we're all going to recognize and, and could affect us here in the uh, DeSoto County area. Several projects coming up in the planning agenda part uh, of the South Haven Alderman meeting. Uh, the first one is a new three-story medical office and cancer wing that's going to be located on lot 15A of Southcrest PUD. That will be discussed uh, tonight. Uh, the next one is a new commercial lot. Basically, it's a commercial area one lot 15 of the Silo Square brought by Lifestyle Communities. That's basically kind of on, on very close to where Slim Chickens is. Uh, and then the last one that we're really focusing on will be the application by Amon Devji uh, for subdivision approval of Snowden Grove Area 16 Lot 1. We've mentioned this one before. This is the northeast corner of Church and Gitwell. Well, they have, it looks like some kind of a gas station complex with like some retail that's going to have a really nice storefronts. Uh, that's part of that. So all of those are coming before the South Haven meeting tonight, the Alderman meeting, along with, of course, the mayor's report, which um, he usually does a really good job of breaking down, kind of updating the Alderman on different projects that are going on. And if there's anything that catches uh, our ear or anything that we think would be applicable to, to a lot of our listeners, we'll make sure we get that on there Friday. Northeast corner, if you're sitting at that intersection of Church and Getwell, the northeast corner has uh, sat idle or sat undeveloped for uh, for decades. And I believe, like I've said to you before, maybe back in October, the person selling the property demanded that you bought the whole thing. Uh, I am familiar with Mr. Devji. Uh, he's a very nice guy. I saw him just, uh, just the other day, uh, and he has a number of different projects in DeSoto County, gas stations and stuff like that. So if there's anybody that can make a nice project out of this, I believe Mr. Amon could do a really good job. So we'll keep you updated on that. But again, northeast corner there of Church and Getwell uh, should be a very nice project. So that wraps up both the Hernando Alderman meeting and the South Haven Alderman meeting. Derek, we're going to start to, as we typically do, we start to grow from local to more statewide. Uh, Before we do that, let's remind our listeners, the UTW Podcast listeners, it is National School Counselors Week. February 1st through the 5th is National School Counselors Week. Had the absolute pleasure of meeting with the Hernando uh, High School Counselors about two weeks ago. It's one of our most listened to shows uh, for the UTW Podcast. Very nice ladies who work so hard. So if you know any of the high school counselors, whether it be under the water tower in Hernando, Horn Lake, South Haven, anything like that. If you know any of them uh, in passing or friends with them, reach out to them and just tell them what a good job they do and thank them. Again, National School Counselors Week. I think, Derek, in this time of COVID and the different stuff that we have going on, our counselors are never more important. So great job. I agree. I mean, the direction they're having to try to guide the kids, whether they're going to a post-secondary education or not, whether they're going straight to the workplace, you know, 
there's not a lot of being able to meet people in pe- you know, person. Uh, going to visit schools is basically out of the question right now, unless it's virtually. Um, you know, a lot of the doing a lot of phone calls, and so you know the schools coming in to give out their you know paraphernalia, sure. their pamphlets. That's just not happening right now. Kids are having to make choices. Some kids, you know, have hopefully got their stuff in before November first if they're planning on going uh, to college. Uh, other ones may still be making their minds up. Other ones, juniors. Uh, we both have juniors uh, that will start visiting colleges this spring and summer. Start filling out applications that are due this November 1st. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of guidance that's needed. You know, well, what is my ACT score going to be? What are the scholarships that are available? All those things, of course, we talked about it uh, on the interview that we had a couple of weeks ago that we'll make sure that we'll send back out this week sure. to everybody. Um, but, you know, that, there's a lot of questions. And they do so many, and not only that, but they're actual counselors. Sure. I mean, somebody might have to come in there because their office because they have an issue right. uh, at school, at home, and have to kind of just talk to them. Uh, they just do so many great things. So we really do appreciate uh, all that they do. Uh, we know how valuable they are to every school. Uh, I mean, I remember my counselor growing up, Penny Daggett, uh, just a wonderful woman. I think a lot of the guys had a little crush on her. Um, but, I mean, just very wonderful, I mean, very laid back. And, um, you know, they just, they're just they there. And So Penny Daggett was the Kelly Kapowski of uh, school counselors. <laughs> was she more about. Kelly Kapowski or, or Jesse Spano? Which one? She looked more like Kelly Kapowski. Right. But, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, she was, I mean, she was just a good – she's from she's from Jonesville, Louisiana. Uh, Okay, and so just a good country girl, and I mean, I look, I love Miss Daggett, uh, but she was definitely an asset to, to oh, Cathedral House. I mean, just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anybody listening that that knows me or, or knows her, uh, just a great woman. Yeah, I'm glad that there are people out there that are counseling my kids now. Sure, and so a school counselor is not someone that can phone it in right now. Absolutely not. Like Ann and and Deanna and um, Candy said the other day, uh, they 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 worked harder after the during the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. They would they their work got harder. So just a shout out to the school counselors again. National School Counselors Week. We will send out that episode again on Facebook. We'll link them again and remind them and tell them thank you for what they do. Moving, like I said, we go from local, county, out to the state. Speaking of counseling, uh, there is a bill that the state of Mississippi, there's a bill in the state of Mississippi legislature right now to take the state of Mississippi, for many of y'all that don't know, the state of Mississippi alcohol sales, alcohol, uh, not consumption necessarily, but alcohol sales for sure, is run by the state of Mississippi. There's a bill in our legislature right now that may change that. Tell us about it. House Bill 997, brought by Representative Trey Lamar, would remove the Department of Revenue as a wholesale distributor. So right now, the Department of Revenue, I mean, we have to get a state stamp on that, you know, for tax. Everything has to go through the state. All liquor sales have to be cleared by the state. And so they're trying to get them out. There's just no way because of the demand being up, uh, because of the many different kind of liquor there's available now. Uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's so many distilleries have popped up nationwide, worldwide, and there's just, they're not able to keep up with everything. And then just different demands from, you know, people asking, well, can I get this? Well, can I get this? Can I get this imported? And they just like, we don't, you know, we can't handle this anymore. And so this bill would privatize it. Uh, allow private companies to then start being able to sell wholesale uh, liquor throughout the state. The state of Mississippi began running the basically the ABC, the alcohol uh, beverage, uh, shortly after the statewide prohibition ended. Matt, when do you think their statewide prohibition ended? Prohibition ended in the state of Mississippi in 1946. That would be 1960s. 60s. The 1960s. We were still, uh, a lot of the parts of the state were still under prohibition. That's when the ABC took it over for the state of Mississippi. And again, that was 50 years ago. Of course, it was probably 40 years longer than it should have been. So uh, after, pro- after prohibition, most states went that route, correct? Yeah, there's several states that now have a private companies that do their um, do their alcohol sales, and we are we are just not one of those states. Uh, if, if business community were allowed to come in with permits, it would prevent taxpayer dollars from going into the warehouse, 
And they're thinking it could possibly increase the jobs by 500 to 1,000 sure. across the state for these private companies coming in. The, there is a negative. Of course, not everything can be that good. It would already been done, right? So the tax currently on liquor sales is 27.5%. This bill would take it down to 18%. Mm-hmm. So they would, you know, because they want the wholesalers, the private, to be able to make money. Right, sure. So they'd make about a 9.5% spread. But of course, that means that the state of Mississippi gets 9.5% less of tax. So we have to make that up somehow. Sure. Uh, so they, again, how would that be done? Would the volume go up enough to offset that would we have to you know transfer that tax other places or does the state just make cuts and do without the tax those are all questions that are, are part of this uh, we've talked about this before i think a few podcasts ago that we know that alcohol sales are up 30 percent year over year i'm not gonna say due to covid but that probably had a lot to do with it right uh, and so that does help they shipped over the state shipped over 1.3 million cases of wine and spirits in the last four months Again, that's the state has other things to worry about. Sure. They don't need to worry about alcohol when there's other companies that can make money off of it. Right, and that's kind of what they're saying. It's like, hey, maybe this shouldn't be a a government entity anymore, a bureaucratic uh, entity. Uh, there's other things, maybe more important things that we could uh, deal with when it comes to uh, right. And, and it's a, it's a house bill, of course. It have to pass right, the house, sure. have to pass the senate, be signed by the governor. So I'm sure there's a lot of changes. It might not even make it out of committee right. this time. But again, I think you know, just being able to, you know, I'm kind of looking through bills, what would affect us, and this seems to be have a lot of legs to it i think everybody's in agreement something needs to happen whether they agree this session or not we'll find out but um you know at least they're finally talking about it Derek, let's let's educate ourselves a little bit more about it we, we know a couple of guys that maybe own uh, liquor stores maybe ask their opinion on it and stuff and maybe come back pretty soon talk to our, our listeners about that and kind of educate ourselves and then educate the uh, the listeners as a whole but you know pretty interesting but we'll uh, like you said as it continues to to grow legs we'll we'll keep up with that again local County, state, moving out to national news. Real quick, Derek and I do not talk a lot about national news uh, other than just a couple of quick things. Uh, But this definitely affects uh, most of our listeners in a multitude of ways. It's not a secret here necessarily that new President Joe Biden has uh, signed a number of executive orders. Uh, He has signed more than... 39, I think was the last number I saw. <laughs> he has signed more than most presidents in his first 10, 10 to 14 days of uh, in office. Uh, the one that affects us probably the most, I mean, Derek, has been you know, the Keystone Pipeline, different things like that, uh, and so forth. But the most one that may affect us as we travel, move around in our day-to-day lives uh, is the national mask mandate that he has signed and went into effect yesterday, February 1st. Give us some specifics on that. Yeah, so the new CDC mask mandate did go into effect yesterday based on what President the executive order that President Biden signed on January 21st. The rule applies to passengers on airplanes, trains, subways, buses, taxis, and ride shares. It says travelers must wear a mask that, that covers their nose and mouth while riding and while getting on and off the rides. The order extends to a waiting area such as airports, train platforms, and subway stations. The order exempts children under two, but children that are two will have to wear them, or people that can prove they have a disability like asthma that makes it unsafe for them to wear. However, airlines will not allow any exemption. Basically, you know, you have to have a mask if you get on an airplane, especially. Uh, Face shields, bandanas, and masks that do not fit properly do not comply. So a lot of people just you know walk around with a face shield. I know if you watch uh, pro sports, right. a lot of the the coaches just have the face shield. That does not count uh, because the they say that the spit is still going out and over or whatever. Was so the, there a time limit on this uh, national mask mandate or no? I did not. I did not see. I did not see a time limit. You know, a lot of stuff he was talking about hundred day, hundred days. I don't know if he actually put that into writing for hundred days. I, I think he was trying to sign a hundred executive orders in hundred days. Oh, he's well ahead of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's well out of that. Yeah, anyway, so that, that's, that's, that goes into right. effect. So we, we talked about 
what now has to be done to get back into the country. Travels it. I mean, that's that's where it is. I mean, we know that the strain from South Africa is here now. Uh, we know that the strain from uh, South America, from Brazil, is here now. No, nothing's been proven that anything's more deadly or less de- whatever. Uh, it's just more contagious. It's easier to catch. And so I think a lot of this has to do with with that. And of course, you know, keeping people located in certain areas. And if you have to travel, you're going to have to wear masks. We don't talk a lot about national politics. Those different things. We continue to talk about politics being such a local thing that can affect us and so forth. But this does affect us. I mean, you go into Memphis, you get on a Memphis bus, you get on a Mata bus in Memphis, or you heck, you catch an Uber in Memphis. You're supposed to wear a mask. Yeah, well, I mean, well, anywhere there's a train. Yeah, 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 Uber ride shares. Yeah, have to have a mask. I mean, there's a train in Memphis. Have to wear a mask. So, yeah, of course, airports. I think that the airports have been doing it for a while now. But right. if I find out the actual current deadline for that, we'll report that on Friday. But I didn't really pay attention more to that. I was more focused on the actual mandate itself and what it meant. Very interesting. I mean, a number of our, I, I talked to a guy yesterday, was on the phone with him for about five minutes visiting, and all of a sudden he tells me, hey, I'm, I'm in Colorado skiing. So he had just gotten off a plane and so forth. I had no idea. Uh, but, you know, that affects him uh, in, in today's world, like you said, airports and subways and so forth. I think we're all looking forward to uh, maybe spring, uh, more vaccinations, more good news, or hopefully some good news uh, when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic. I want to welcome our newest advertiser, Green King Spray Services. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website, greenkingspray.com. That's greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and a local resident of Hernando. His team possesses over a century of insurance experience in life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam Lauderdale encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident that Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Give them a call at 662-429-5213. That's 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. North Point Christian School will offer a Preview the Point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade on Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school, health, and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. That's 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. and see if you and your family are ready to join the North Point family. 
Derek, on our Friday show, I gave you a little bit of homework. Were you able to find that out? I did. I talked to the <laughs> head of marketing communications at North Point, and right. she said she would be happy to share with you the 41 zip codes. I don't need the 41 zip codes. I want to know who drives the farthest. Oh, who drives the farthest. I don't need to know their names, but what's the farthest they drive from? That's the question. Okay, I will have that for you, Friday. You see what I'm saying? That yeah. would be pretty I, neat. I see, yeah, I, if you yeah. look up, it's like some, okay. some kid drives over from Little Rock. We, we got to okay. – <laughs> well, yikes. Yeah, well, some kid – hey, You know what would be good for that? The UTW podcast on that drive. Oh, that's a very good. That would be a very good drive. Or, poor thing, if he had to catch a ride, he'd have to put a mask on now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I want to know the farthest zip code away. Okay. That would be Got pretty it. neat. I think Got that would be pretty cool. We move on to something else that's pretty interesting. The DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Uh, one of our favorite segments on Tuesdays, our Tuesday show, is the DeSoto County Fact of the Week brought to you by the DeSoto County Museum located right here in Hernando across from the beautiful new Area 51. Derek, have you seen that? Man, I've been in there twice. It is fantastic. What would you go in there for? Did you did you eat ice cream? I, I had the Guinness chocolate ice cream. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's chocolate, but it's made with the Guinness beer. I don't, but okay. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, Guinness chocolate ice cream. You've had it twice? I, I've had it once. I took the kids there one time, got them something, and then I went back and got me a little scoop of Guinness ice cream. <laughs> Good, for Good for you, man. Good for you getting out there. So I have not had ice cream there yet, but you have. Now, like, it, How rare is that that I've, I've not frequented an ice cream place than you have? But, I mean, <laughs> I, I, to, and I told my son, he's again, he's he's, in, he's a junior in high school. Like, if, if they're not hanging out there this summer, I mean, sure. it is – I mean, really open inside, many tables, couches. Yeah. Uh, they've got the, the AstroTurf on the outside oh, with yeah. the seating, you know, for outside. Yeah. I mean, that hanging out there to right. 10, 10 or whatever time they close, 10 or 11, uh, when the summer's come. Just a fantastic place. Beautiful, great sound system in there. Yeah. I mean, just a real good vibe. Um, really enjoyed it. It's almost like Area 51 should be an advertiser on the UTW podcast with the last 45 seconds we just gave them. You know what? I agree. <laughs> if you want to let them know or remind them or share that hey, with I, them. I tell you one something that's cool, though. And this is, again, kind of caring free advertising, I guess. Right. But if you go in there, the A's, all mm-hmm. the A's, sure. anything like the word chocolate has A in it, it's turned upside down, right. like the V symbol. Right. Remember the V from uh, yeah, of course. Show, TV show It's So Creepy? Yeah. V? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's pretty cool. Actually, I think it's maybe a little bit of a health hazard because the, the people that have ADHD, uh, when they go into <laughs> the Area 51, they can't stay in there. It's like a really tough, it's really hard. Hard for them, the people that turn the light switches on sometimes, you know, they really struggle with that. Looking up there at the board, Area 51, right across the street, DeSoto County Museum. Wonderful place. Rob Long and his team do such a great job as part of the DeSoto County Museum, keeping up to speed with new exhibits and wonderful uh, different articles that he sends us. Just doing a wonderful job right there. Open every week, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5 at the DeSoto County Museum. The providers of our DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Derek, tell us about this week's. So, just a brief reminder last week, we talked about the Randall University School that started in 1901. Uh, after we talked about it, Rob had four or five people who heard the podcast wow. went in there to talk about it, uh, especially one of our advertisers, Sam Lauderdale, mm-hmm. had an aunt that was in one of the pictures sent from one of the first graduating classes. There you go. A great aunt, I guess. Uh, and then also he talked about uh, another relative of his that graduated from the school. So that was pretty cool. So there's different uh, pictures that he sent me that are in the museum of the school building itself, uh, the first headmaster, and again, some of the graduation classes. So if that's something that interests you, you know, I just see Rob Long at the museum. He has it there. But the one this week I wanted to talk about was it's actually a current fact. The museum itself, they have done two reconstructions of models of former buildings in Hernando. The first, they have reconstructed the majestic French castle courthouse that burned. Right. We've talked about this before. Uh, that courthouse stood from 1872 to 1940. They've actually recreated it, uh, a, a nice model. They kept it a, a gray 
kind of a gray a mosaic uh, color. He's a the gray limestone color is kind of what the color it would have had at one point before they came in with decorated it. So that was it's absolutely beautiful. Sent me a picture of that. And then another one they've recreated is the old depot, the old train depot. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen the picture of it. I think sure. one of the you know people kind of standing on the platform waiting for the train, kind of uh, in different places around town. They reconstructed that basically exactly uh, the way it would have been built down to a model sign. And and Rob want to make sure they give credit. These are both done. They're on display now in the museum. You can go there as Matt said anytime Tuesday through Saturday and see these and he wants to make sure that the credit goes to Doug Thornton uh, Jonathan Hooker and other architects at AERC Uh, they were the ones that helped create it uh, what was lost to other generations for us to now enjoy. Again, just another exhibit, I guess parts to an exhibit that they've added to the museum. Continue to try to add stuff every week. So I cannot encourage you more to go by and see it. As part of the exhibit, do they put the train smack dab in the middle of town when you're trying to get to the <laughs> other side of town right at 12 o'clock? But they, 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 they put it across the front door. Yeah. So when you're, oh, you to get yeah. See, when you're trying to get in to see the exhibit, it, you got to wait. Right. you got to wait you, for it to cross you. Can I get, I'd love to know the number of curse words that are said about that train that sits. And then when you try and go around it, like over by the donut place or yeah. by the past the yeah. co-op, and, and he's sitting there. Yeah. He says like, oh, you know, held up there. But he's there, and oh, golly, man. It's like every day. Friday's the worst because you get out at 12 o'clock on Fridays yep. for school, and there's that train. Well, and, and it's funny. He's actually, Rob has a working model train there in you the go. museum too go by desoto county museum just an asset to hernando especially uh desoto county as a whole uh nine to five tuesday through saturday right there across from area 51 and their new uh beautiful building and uh business that they have so congratulations to them and the, the the massive remodel turning our attention to sports there is a football player a graduate of horn lake high school playing in the Super Bowl this coming Sunday night for the Kansas City Chiefs. Tell us. Darius Harris. Darius Harris, uh, he's a Horn Lake Eagle alum, like you said, will be playing in his second Super Bowl this Sunday. He signed as an undrafted free agent uh, after college. He went to MTSU, and he he started two games and recovered a fumble against the Falcons this year. DeSoto County is pulling for one of its own, and I know all the athletes that we mention here coming up hopefully one day it'll reach those heights so again congratulations to Darius Harris his family uh, who hopefully will listen to this uh, or somebody will maybe pass it along anytime we can have somebody local to pull for we're absolutely going to pull for them I guess I'm I guess I'm a Chiefs fan this weekend well Derek you look up and you got 106 football players a year that played in Super Bowl Mm -hmm. so the number of players that have played in Super Bowl is still only about 5,000 give or take Mm -hmm. that have ever played in Super Bowl that's coming up this weekend Uh, whether you like the Chiefs don't like the Chiefs Pull for Darius Harris, a uh, DeSoto County, I won't necessarily say a resident, but certainly an alumni of Horn Lake High School. And uh, that's pretty neat that he's uh, pretty neat that he's playing at that level of football. Look, if he wins, if he wins the game, you know, after the season he's had, if they win, might uh, might head to Disney World. If you're looking to plan that trip to Disney World, reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Universal Studios, Disney World, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Call them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Podcast brought to you by DeSoto Family Dental Care, which has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. 
The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and also now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or call them at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC experience. Derek, we talked earlier about our newest sponsor, Green King Spray Services. We want to thank them again for being uh, our newest sponsor to the UTW podcast. But Derek, our first sponsor was Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Richard continues to ask me to tell the UTW podcast about their fencing program. That's wooden fences, new fences, gates, repairing fences, anything like that that you may need for your home or your property. Please reach out to Richard and his team at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find them at Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. All right, now turning to a couple signings that we had. Uh, We're sticking with sports, and we're going to go to a couple. We had three signings that have happened uh, since our last show. So I show on Friday there have been three people that have committed and or signed uh, to different schools in the area. The first, Josh Pack from Lewisburg, has committed and will sign to play football this fall at Itawama Community College. Uh, so congratulations to him. Indians, ICC Indians. ICC yep. Indians. Uh, congratulations to him going to ICC and continuing his uh, athletic and academic career. Uh, the next is Kayla Beal. Kayla uh, is from DeSoto Central. She has signed to play volleyball at Northwest Community College. will be a Lady Ranger in the fall. Congrats to Kayla. And finally, Amaya Black plays basketball for Olive Branch. She is signed to continue her basketball career at Jones Community College. So three different community colleges around the state that now will have three more DeSoto County players in it in different sports. And we just congratulate all of y'all being able to, you know, excel both academically and athletically. Uh, congratulations to Josh, Kayla, Amaya. Something I keep forgetting to, to mention or I forgot to mention the last couple of shows. And I do apologize to this uh, young man who sat down and interviewed with us uh, in, the, in the fall. After football season, Reed Flanagan has committed and it will be playing or signing with the University of Memphis. So I want to thank uh, so from one Tiger to another, Derek. He's, he's moving on. So that it's, makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, now all the stripes have blue in them, so now yeah. he's got to figure that out. But, uh, you know, what a nice young man, a great family. Congratulations to him. He deserves everything uh, that he gets when it comes to uh, his opportunity at Memphis. But, um, again, I forgot last week to mention it. Uh, just, Reed, congratulations. Uh, good luck to you, son. And, and we certainly uh, will be cheering you on at UTW podcast for sure before we move to basketball we still have one team in the county playing soccer center hill won their second round game uh beating grenada seven nothing yeah seven nothing they probably should have called that pretty early on yes yeah i mean they, they were i was checking twitter and basically every time i hit it was refresh, five nothing and a half yeah every time i hit refresh it was another goal scored seven nothing second round of the 5a soccer playoffs a uh, complete domination they will now host new hope tonight mm-hmm. for the north state championship uh, so the they'll play New Hope. Uh, the South Championship will consist of South Jones at Long Beach. So hopefully they're playing the winner of that game. So if you're a soccer fan, you can get a ticket. You know, head to Center Hill tonight. Cheer on the last remaining DeSoto County team in the soccer playoffs. 
All right, now moving to basketball. We're going to start, uh, as we should always, with the girls. We'll start with the girls. So the, the first girls game we have, we're going to start under the water tower. Hernando beat Horn Lake 52-35. to uh, They've clinched the 6A title, district title, with this road win. It was a road win. The Lady Tigers have now won 11 in a row. Guess who the leading scorer was? Uh, I'm going to say it starts with an A and ends with a Y. That is correct. Abby Harrison led the Tigers with 16 points, followed by Victoria Walton with 15 points. Uh, uh, Hernando is now 19-4. and as we said, 5-0 and in district. Playoff starting here, sure. I think, in next week. I didn't know this, Derek. That is their fourth straight district title. Congratulations to those girls. Like I said, the fourth straight district title for the Hernando Lady Tigers as they continue to roll on 19-4 and on the season. Pretty awesome to be under the water tower. Go cheer them on as they continue to uh, represent Hernando well. Next game, Sotelo versus Center Hill. Sotelo 45, Center Hill 35. The Lady Mustangs do take the loss. They were led by Jariah Rankins with eight points, Dominic Collins with six points, and Kylie Prince with six points. Uh, the Lady Mustangs now fall to 11-16, and 3-3 and three overall in district. The next game, Lafayette, 65, the Lady Gators are Lake Cormorant, 13. That's 13 points. That's 13 points. They, they uh, scored 46 the other night. This was, this was, I know, this was on the road. Uh, they were held to three points in the second half. Three points in the second half. Three points in the they second half. They got 10 in the first. They got they did get 10 in the first half. <laughs> that's, that's good math. That's what it put. That's what it put. Um, yeah. uh, so they, they dropped to 3-16, and 0-7 oh overall. It's a, it's a rebuilding yeah. year. It's, it's a, a rebuilding, rebuilding year. Yeah, yeah. Podcast listeners, it's a joke because Derek and I all fair agreed that if a team fell 10 we're games not, below 500. I'm not letting them go. I'm not letting them go. And not only that, look, this is the only 5A team we're going to have left right, know, next year. So two years from now, they could be winning 5A titles. We'll never know. So, again, they, they do fall to 3-16. Uh, next game, Tupelo, 65, Lewisburg, 40. Not many highlights from the Lewisburg no. side. Yeah. Uh, they dropped to 10-14, and 0-5 and in district. Next, Olive Branch, your number one ranked. That's right. Olive Branch, Lady Conquistadors, 50, DeSoto Central, 47. Oh, that's tough. Very close game. Very close game. D.C. hung tough uh, with number one seed most of the game. Uh, The Lady Keisters were led by Addison Howell with 19. Olive Branch now 16-1, 5-1 overall. Uh, DeSoto Central falls to 13-10, 2-4 in district. Olive Branch's only loss is to Tupelo, it's to uh, Tup- but they are the one seed right now, or at least in that district. That yeah, well, they have the tiebreaker yes. because of the, the two-point margin yes. uh, between their wins. So, yes, they right. will be uh, the one seed uh, in the tournament starting next week. Right. I need to do a little research if, if Hernando and Olive Branch have played yet this year. Need to do a little research on that. We'll update that. But uh, it may be where we're headed. Olive Branch and Hernando, uh, girls. Well, I'll look again. You give me that for North State. We'll take it right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Let's pretty go. good. Next game, Oxford 46, South Haven 45. Golly. Uh, tough loss for the Lady Chargers. They lost by one in overtime. South Haven now uh, drops to 18, uh, excuse me, 8 and 13, 2 and 5 in district. And then the last ladies' game this past Friday, North Point 57, Harding 43. The Lady Trojans remain undefeated in the district play. Led by Leah Jones with 15 points, Briley Faith Cherry with 15 points, Izzy Carlson with 12 points, and Carrington Edwards with 10 points. North Point's now 11 and three, and then as I said, six and zero in district. Six and zero in district. Since I told you they were going to go undefeated in district, uh, they are undefeated, headed towards whatever. The, the Lady Trojans are pretty darn good. Well, I mean, we hope that it goes a long way, but we'll find out. What but are you uh, saying? I yeah, mean, I did. I did, bet, I did. I did bet on them. You, I did you, bet on. You, you picked them. So now moving to the boys' side. Yeah, we're starting under the water tower. Hernando boys have not had uh, as, as a fruitful no. year as the, the, the Lady Tigers. Horn Lake 50, Hernando 45. Uh, the score was 24-24 at halftime, but the Tigers were outscored 26-21 in the second half. That's pretty close. I mean, that's respectable, sure. Yeah, it's respectful. Horn Lake, uh, this, this was a road game uh, for the Tigers. Horn Lake now 8-6, and 2-3 and three, uh, in district. Hernando 8-14, and 1-4 in district. Next, Center Hill 76, Saltillo 55. Center Hill is now on an 11-game win streak. 
Uh, they had already won the district, if you remember, with the, uh, their win last week. Yeah, last Tuesday. But this one gives them their second straight year of being undefeated in district play. Not only are they second straight district championship, actually third straight district championship, second straight they have not lost a game. Uh, Caden led by Caden Laws with 23 points, Terrence Bertram with 21 points, Zandon Harrelson with 18 points. The Mustangs are now finished with district. Again, so they're, they're done. So they have two games this week, tonight against Olive Branch. Which is not a district game, just uh, keeping busy for the playoffs. And then a really good South Haven team on Friday. Oh, okay. So really keeping Again, themselves. for no reason other than to keep warming up yeah. for district. I mean, I mean you know, uh, so they, no, they're 11-game streak, maybe in jeopardy. Yes. But it doesn't matter right. because they're trying to keep fresh play teams exactly. that may yep. be equal to and or better than sure. them Does not to prepare matter. them for the playoffs. Yep. Uh, so two great teams are going to test themselves. Uh, and then they start the district tournament will be at uh, hosted at Lake Cormorant next week. Okay. So Center Hill now 18-8. and eight. And again, they finished six and zero in district. Next game: Lake Cormorant fifty-two, Oxford forty. The Gators trailed 50, twenty-two to eighteen at halftime, but rallied to pull away in the second half. They will host Lewisburg now tonight for senior night. Lake Cormorant is thirteen and seven, and they finished district at three and three. Of course, Lewisburg is not a district game for them, so they finished their district at three and three. Will Lake Cormorant come in second in district? Or we know? Don't know that because I'm not sure what Saltillo is. Next, Tupelo seventy-eight, Lewisburg sixty-one. Unfortunately, the, the Patriots fall. Logan Coker led the Patriots with twenty-four points, followed by Eli Lamb with fourteen points. Uh, Lewisburg is now 12 and 13 overall, falling just below 500, and also just below 500 at two and three in district. DeSoto Central 63, Olive Branch 52. Good win by the Jaguars. This is the Jaguars' first victory over the Conquistadors since 2015. Wow! And their first win at Olive Branch since 2014. DC is now 14 and nine, three and three in district. Olive Branch 10 and 10, four and two in district. So basically, all the district games are over uh, this week. They're playing outside of district, keeping warm-ups. So Set. Olive Branch, is a, Olive Branch will make, which may make the playoffs, whereas DeSoto Central might not. Yeah, Olive Branch of 4-2 and two right. probably should make the That's playoffs. Saying, yeah. um, and again, they, they will start next. all the playoffs start next week, first round. Next game, South Haven 71, Oxford 61. They will be the number one seed at the district tournament in Oxford starting next week. They finish the district season 17-4. and four. 6-0 in district. And the last game, tough loss by the Trojans. Harding 70, North Point 65. Uh, it was a hard-fought game. North Point actually led 50-45 to entering the fourth quarter. They drop another district game to Harding. This is the second time they've played and lost. The first time they lost by two, this time by five to Harding. Darius Naylor, 14 points. Eric Stewart had 14 points. Christian Gilliland had 13 points. North Point boys are now 9-7, and 2-3 and overall in district. We say it each and every week, twice a week, be happy you're playing basketball. Be happy you're playing basketball, and I'll tell you why that's so important today, Matt, Derek. Why, why is it so important? It's important today because just north of us, Shelby County Schools is not playing sports. Correct. They're not in class. They're not attending school. Uh, and just uh, yesterday, I think, Derek, Greenville City Schools, which so many of our listeners grew up in Greenville, grew up in Clarksdale, close to Greenville, Greenwood, that area, uh, the Greenville City Schools are no longer going to be playing sports the rest of the year. No baseball, no basketball. They're pulling the plug on that. It's sad. Yeah, they, they did. They it canceled is. all spring sports uh, for the Greenville Public Schools. Public schools, yes. It's disheartening to hear. You know, those kids that – so you're losing out on kids playing baseball, softball, track, tennis – uh, just you know, a lot of a lot of key sports, um, a lot of sports that are outside, yep. uh, a lot of individual sports outside uh, that they're just not going to do. Um, the rationale, reasoning, I I saw it, didn't really get into why, what decisions were made, where their COVID numbers are, anything like that. I just think it's a shame that they're having to sit. And just another reminder that to be thankful for the 
school leaders up here uh, who have chosen to allow all sports here to continue. You know, there are some protocols. You do have to wear masks. You are limited on some game watching. But that's a, a small price to pay for, you know, your kids still being able to play. Yeah, Derek, you went to your daughter's basketball game last night, and they won, by, by the way. Congratulations. Uh, I went to my son's basketball game last night. I've said it on here before. The 7th and 8th grade boys at Hernando Middle School made the tournament. Wilson's team did not advance. Uh, we could – <laughs> you know that we could talk about that maybe some other time. I thought maybe the better team did not advance last night, uh, but hey, you know, shout out to Lewisburg for getting it done. But uh, you know, Hernando Middle School uh, eighth grade boys in their in their season, and look, they worked their tails off. The coach worked hard, wearing a mask during the game. Not not the players weren't wearing a mask during the game, right. but uh, all those different things. The people in the, in the stands and stuff. You know, be thankful for what what our administrators and our principals and coaches and so forth are doing. And it's just really sad, Derek, that there's kids. Uh, anywhere in the state of Mississippi that needs sports. They need uh, friendships. They need opportunities to be with others and stuff like they that. They need exercise. They need exercise. fresh air. I'm they sorry. Need- <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just all the th- stuff, the camaraderie that comes with playing sports, the individual, I mean, the, the, you pushing yourself to a limit, uh, your individual challenges that you have against yourself, your own times, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be. I mean, sports are good. A competition is good for overall life. I mean, you'll be competing against you know other people for the rest of your life. I mean, some may think that's a negative, but that's it's reality. Uh, whether it's for a job, whether it's for a, a partner, whether it's for whatever. You know, I think that this is it starts here. And just you know, seeing another season, you know, ripped up. Because remember, spring spring sports is where sure. it started last year. Right, exactly. They canceled everything right around spring break, and now they're losing a whole. I mean, that's two years. I mean, think if you're a sophomore last year. I mean, uh, excuse me, a junior last year. You've lost your last two years of high school sports yeah. in the spring, and that's just that's devastating. Yeah, and I've said it to you all, fair, Derek. I don't mind saying it on there. So much of this stuff starts to look like the haves and the have-nots. The haves continue to play basketball golf, swimming, tennis, whatever, and the have-nots just seem to kind of be sitting at home, and that's not the way it should be. You know, I mean, we talk about it. I mean, society tells us all the time. Like, like you said, they try and separate us into the has and the have-nots, and it's just really sad that, that my kid and your kid are getting to go to play tournament basketball games, and you just mentioned, hey, you know, district tournament starts next week. Well, district tournament is uh, – what happens every year and certain you know counties and and areas are are committing to that and 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 moving forward with those things and uh just north in shelby county uh, those kids are you know we're coming up on a year since they've been in the classroom with other people so just an amazing time thank you to our administrators our principals uh cory usselton for continuing to push forward with a plan for desoto county schools Uh, some people might not like it but uh you know i love taking my daughter to school every day and seeing the joy that comes on uh, her face whenever she gets out every morning and my wife tells me when she gets in the car uh, sometimes I'm on the phone with them and uh, just the, the joy and excitement that she gets from, from school every day. So thank you to all those men and women for making it happen. If you like what you're hearing each and every Tuesday and Friday and soon to be Wednesday throughout the spring, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast on Facebook. That's UTW Podcast on Instagram at UTW Podcast and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Most importantly, please share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of those platforms. Please share our podcast as we continue to grow. If you like what you hear, if you hear your grandchild's name or your cousin's name or anything like that, please share it so we can continue to grow uh, each and every week on the podcast. Most importantly, if you enjoy what you're hearing, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, 
Spotify, anything like that, please hit subscribe so you'll know each and every time that we update our catalog of podcasts uh, for the UTW podcast. We thank you so much for the growth. Thank you especially for Green King Spray Services, our newest sponsor, as they continue to uh, believe in us. And we really appreciate them putting some advertising dollars with us here at the UTW podcast. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Hey. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Okay, campers, rise and shine. And don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? I hardly. And you know, you can.